0: Welcome back to the NRL Supercoach Champions Podcast. You're listening to Wilfred aka Catfish. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CatfishSC and I'm joined as always by Guy aka Bear. You can find him on Twitter at GFini10. How are you going this week, mate? Yeah,
1: mate, I'm stoked. Hey, one well, more sleep till the footy, so um, it's, it's exciting and I, I just said to the missus, I'll see you in seven months.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get away with that now that you're a father with a young one. Uh, she, she's not gonna let you get away that easily to watch the footy every weekend. Yeah, 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 possibly enough, but I'll I'll live in hope and we'll see how we go. The flip side is all the sleep you're missing out on. You're probably on on the phone or or the computer researching Supercoach anyway. So there's there's good there's pros and cons to that lifestyle.
1: Yeah, definitely. are you tearing
0: your hair out about the team list? Oh, are you stressed nothing. out about it? <laughs> this
1: has been like this has probably been the hardest year. Um to pick a side just because of there's all different combinations and yeah the like the fullbacks the fullbacks is the big one i think that's killing everyone and um the, yeah so if, if you could pick a pod there like i said like teddy is a, a pod at the minute that just seems crazy to me but um yeah no it's it's going to be good i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah me too as as Hard as it seems, you know, on paper, obviously our teams cannot be as nice as we want them to be. But I'm enjoying it. I find it really interesting. I think it's going to be really different strategies. You listen to how other people are approaching the round one team lists and their teams. And I think it's, yeah, there's a lot of variety out there. And that's just, to me, that's exciting. So look, let's get stuck into it. We're doing our team reviews today. So um, now that we've had some time to digest the team lists and work out you know, what tweaks we need to make to our team. Initially, I barely touched it, and then uh, halfway through today, I've been pretty busy. I've only just had a chance to sit down and look at it, and I'm just thinking, I've got to tear my team apart and start again. And I spent about an hour just before trying to finalise my team when I told you we'd be ready to to chat in about 10 minutes. So, sorry about that.
1: Yeah, no, good, mate. Us New South Wales people don't need sleep
0: anyway. No, nah, what are you talking about? It's eight thirty, right? Oh, <laughs> <Dirty>, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's get get straight into it. Let's start off the top because that's where um I've literally not touched since my very first draft. So Damien Cook, Blake Braley, nice and simple for me. Yeah, you know, I've talked about my reasonings for this, so I'm happy to leave it as is. Over to you. You're a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I've I've gone Hodgson. Um, and I've I've spoke about why too. Um, he's a year removed from the ACL. Um. He's he's got two running halves, so he'll still have to organise. Um, Canberra's playing some pretty weak forward packs to start off with, so I think he could really get on the front foot, even though they, he doesn't have bait and the, the, their pack's still way better than the first three they're playing. Um, obviously, it's not a, it's not a long hold, um, and I still expect Cook to maybe outscore him, but I, I don't think it's going to be by two hundred thousand dollars worth. So I've gone him and Blake Braley as well. Um, Cheap, attacking, super coach rewards, attacking players. And um, he he should jag something. So pretty simple there.
0: Yeah, and I think now with uh, Connor Tracy on the bench, um, who is a half converted to a bench hooker, utility type role, um, you look at, you know, the the Sharks' back line. You've got Sean Johnson, who likes the odd injury. um, Moylan and Dugan aren't even in the team right now. Josh Morris is on his way out. So there's all these opportunities for mid-game injuries, which you can easily see Blake Braley playing 80 minutes out of necessity. So um, I'm really comfortable with that pick. All right, let's move on to the front row forward. So I know one name we both have, Payne Haas. No need to talk about that, right? Nah, lock him in as a
1: captain option. If, if you like the old vice-captain, the back-captainer captain, forward, he,
0: he's your reliable one. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've got him penciled in potentially as my round one captain, depending on the weather up north um, in in Townsville. So, yeah, that's one of the real benefits to to pay up top dollar for him uh, from early on. So your second spot, I've got Liam Knight there. Who have you got at the moment?
1: Yeah, I've got Liam Knight too. Um, Just should, he should punt out solid scores while raising him, rising in price.
0: Yeah, I think the main appeal is as we know he's undervalued. He's going to get more minutes than he got last year, and he he's going to have to step up as a forward leader uh, in that pack now that they've lost Surges. He's another year older and really started to take a bit of a leadership role. I felt at the back end, especially uh, you know after the regular season. So I- I'm confident in him. I really wanted Marty to pout in this spot, but I just can't make the dollars work. And yeah, bit of a bummer there, but. If you don't get the cheapies, you got to make sacrifices. So, now speaking of cheapies, who have you got on your third and fourth spots? I've got Toby Rudolph, and I've also got Young Meany. That's uh, J- Jermaine Tanoa Brown.
1: Yeah, I've got the same. They've got they've got pretty big wraps on Rudolph. He's a bit of a worker, so hopefully they'll rise in price. But again, they're bench forwards, so once once they get near peak, your your best bets to offload them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Rudolph, you know, he just certainly passed the eye test. There are some question marks about what minutes he's going to get in that Sharks pack. I, I have him... I'm I'm expecting him to play around 25, 30 minutes thereabouts and potentially earn more game time. Just if he keeps playing like he did in the trials, I think he's going to carve out a bigger role for himself. And with young many just... The, <laughs> they have a prop shortage at the Warriors, unfortunately, uh, with all the injuries down there. So he should... I expect 35-ish minutes, maybe 40 if he's playing well. So that should see him rise in price nicely. Uh, another popular name was obviously Zane, Zane Musgrove. A lot of positive rap, raps on him. Uh, some chat he might play 40 minutes even off the bench, uh, if not 45. That sounds a bit... I can't imagine a, a bench prop playing 45 minutes. But if he did, then he'd be a really you know interesting name there. But he does start uh, thirty grand more, so for me that makes it a simple decision to stick with the cheaper guys there. Okay, moving on to the back row. So this is, I think, you can introduce yours first because I think your back row sounds a lot much nicer than mine. So before I make the listeners vomit, you can tell them about the back row you've got.
1: Uh, uh, So I'm running um, Tamalolo. Um, I know he's he might drop in price a little bit, but it's one. It's one trade you don't have to make later because you want him in your side by the end of the year. Um, if he does look like he's going to drop some bulk cash if he gets injured or has a real quiet game, then you trade him down to anyone and make money. So that's my thinking with him. Then I've got Ryan Madison. Um, he's a worker on an edge so and can still run a good hole, so I'll, I'll lock him in as well. Um I've got David Fafita, obviously. I think you, he's you need to start with him as soon as he was going to get minutes. He, he's an automatic start. Then I've got um, on my bench. I've got uh, Lucy Leilua, um, and I've got Carrigan, and then I have Koala, Ko- <laughs> Koalaman Mantangi, or the, the the young fella from South. so I know he's not in the team, but. He looked really good, and I expect he'll get a start at some stage. But again, like, if Madison or Temelolo or those big guys fail, it's an easy downgrade to a mid who's going all right. Someone like Arrow or Hess, if he has starts off real fast and looks like he's going to rise heaps. So, yeah, that's my thinking there.
0: Yep. All right. So, in contrast, I've got, as my most expensive back rower, I've got Jai Arrow. So I, I've skipped Lolo, I've skipped Murray, I've skipped Madison as much as I wanted Maddo. I had him in earlier versions, but, like, again, can't make the dollars work. So Arrow, uh, I mean, I think you like him as well, but you, you prioritise the other two guys there. So uh, I think he's going to, you know, I'm expecting him to play around at 65-minute mark or at least 60 bare minimum. Either way, he's going to get more minutes than last year. And I think, you know, by law accounts, he looks healthy. So I think he'll be a, a solid pick there. Yeah. He's a yeah, if he gets the minutes, he stays healthy. He's pumping out 70-plus
1: week oh, to week. Yeah. So If he even goes near that the first two rounds, it, I don't care who, I'll drop someone for him.
0: Yeah, and as David Fafita, no-brainer, happy to start with him. Uh, with him playing on the left edge next to Milford, that's enticing to me as well. And then this is where it gets ugly. So <laughs> I've got Carrigan and Lucy Lailua, um, who you both you've got both those guys as well. I think with Lucy Luciano obviously um, he's going to start on that right edge. he's probably not playing 80 out, out the gate he might only get you know around that 60 65 minute mark but the interesting thing is in the trial he played 40 minutes on the edge went off for about 15 20 minutes and then he came back on and played in the middle played at lock for about 15 20 minutes uh, or maybe it was 25 somewhere around there so he if he's floating around like that I think he'll get you know plenty of attacking opportunities playing on the edge. Uh, but then he'll also, you know, get some decent base stats playing in the middle for 20, 25 minutes. So I like that. Actually, I feel like that works better for him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that kind of setup if That's how he's going to be used. Um, Carr- Carrigan, obviously, I think he's going to get, you know, he might be playing 65 minutes in rounds one and two while the Broncos are a little bit short up front. And, um, you know, even once Joe Offing-Gow is back, once Alex Glenn's back, uh, I still think Carrigan's going to get 55, 60 minutes. I think he'll be prioritized, um, and that allows Seabold to use some of the more explosive guys like Pangai um, in, in shorter bursts, so uh, I don't mind um, having that kind of safe workhorse kind of player in my back row there. And then it's it's a name that I'm I'm only kind of throwing in there if he gets the potential room rumored swap to start on the right edge, and that's Joe Tarpany. Uh, right now, he's been named at Locke, and Corey Horsburgh is named on the right edge. But there are rumors floating about, and also, uh, for those who've listened to the SC Playbook podcast, uh, we know that Timmy Williams and they all have the inside scoop on the Raiders, given their obvious ties to the Raiders players there. They seem pretty yeah, in the know. They think is going to have a pretty big role uh, whether that's on the edge, whether that's at lock, they're really keen on him. So um, for now, I've, I've thrown him in there. He's pretty much my last player picked, so I'm certainly not sold on him. But I do see the potential for some price rises and some good scores out the gate. My concerns are, obviously, what happens when Bateman comes back, whether he comes back after eight weeks, whether he's back after round six, I don't know. But the other name that hasn't been floated about much, but Hudson Young. He's only suspended until round five. He'll be back round six. You'd assume uh, last year he had earned his way into starting on the edge when Bateman was out and he was the guy holding down one of the edges. And, you know, I thought he did pretty well. And, you know, if, if unless Sticky decides to move away from Young just because of the time he's missed or whatever, uh, I could see Hudson Young walking into it the edge roll if that's the case, or at least taking minutes there. And that's going to impact both Tarpani and Horsborough. So, whilst I'm not in love with the pick, he's in there for now. So, that's what I'm rolling with. And the last name, I really wanted uh, the Koala Tongue to be named as well. Unfortunately, he's not. I'm still hoping for a late swap uh, because I think he could probably add more to the team than an honest toiler like Mark Nichols. But he's not there right now. And so, I've put in. Tyrell Fui Marino from the Dragons it's pretty gross because he's uh, more of an edge back rower and you know I can't see him getting more than 30-40 minutes and that does depend on how the rotations are used there uh, for example if Mary decides to shift Frizzell into the middle um, which he has done a fair bit in the past and, and Fui Marino might get some time on that edge that's the best case scenario but even if not, I mean, I mean I've i I've got him in there, sorry, the second row centre-wing dual position, which I think may come in handy, and I might elaborate a bit more on that later on as I talk through the rest of my team. So I'll leave it at that. Um, moving forward to the next section, which is the halfbacks. So we've talked at length about this. In the end, I've stuck with Nathan Cleary, and you've got?
1: I've gone Moses. He, he was better than I thought he was going to be last year. Plus, he got lucky with some injuries that in the tougher games that he would have played, and he gets junk. So um, I'd love to have Cleary, but I just think – and I know they've still got an easy run by last year's standards, so that's pretty much what swayed me. Um, and the Bulldogs did improve towards the end of the year, but they've also got this bit of turmoil now. Their team will have to shift, and, yeah, maybe the para-ambush para them early.
0: Yeah, I originally had the Bulldogs as a potential, you know, maybe like an almost upset and, you know, really taking it to the Eels round one, but uh, far less confident on that one now, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, the Bulldogs never really go down without a fight. And so the eels may have to come out and really ready to to really destroy them if they want to put up a score. But so yeah, in the end, you know, we've just gone we've got I've I have i prioritized Cleary over some of the other players and you know that you've obviously spent spent up on. So uh, looking at the backup spot, this is this was a, a spot where I really flip flopped a fair bit, but I ended up going back to Billy Walters as much as I didn't want to, and I think you've got him there as well.
1: Yeah, I've got Walters. I'm, I'm. I know there's mail going around that this swap's going to happen, but they said that they were going to swap um, Morris from the Sharks too, but they've ended up just releasing him. I, I honestly don't think the NRL will allow it. I just, I just, there's just too many questions that about what could happen potentially in the future around like just stashing players to help your salary cap or whatever, and I, I don't think. I think they need a lot longer to sit down, and look at it. And if they move towards that sort of model, they need to implement some rules or it's just going to be crazy for a while. So I don't think the swap's going to happen. So I'm playing in with a bit more confidence than what I think a lot of other people will be.
0: Yeah, look, I think if that's what your, your reasoning is and you're going to back that, that's fine. Uh, look, I certainly understand where you're coming from. Uh, the science to me, like, though I'm, I'm looking at the Tigers' team list. They've not put Monmorovsky in. He's on the extended bench. They've gone and played Dewey there instead, and, you know, Moses and Bayer will be back soon. So I do have some question marks about why Madge McGuire is going down that path rather than playing Monmorovsky, who, I mean, he was pretty good there last year. So Was I'm he still in uh, Didn't he pick up an injury? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, if, if he did, I must have forgotten. I thought he was still... I mean, he's named on the extended bench, that's all.
1: Yeah, no, I thought he picked up... Um, a bit of an injury a
0: while ago, like in one of the trials or whatever. Or was it maybe the Maybe the injury that propped up when uh, he was about to get swapped to the storm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he legit had an injury at the ninth. I'd have to double-check.
0: Yeah. Look, either way, I mean, a few of those signs make me think it might still go ahead. I don't think it's a done deal. I think there's still things that, that they need to work out. And like you said, they, those might be the things that stop the deal from going ahead. Either way, I've gone back and put him there. Originally, I had Brandon Wakeham. and you know, for the extra seventy six grand, I think you'll have to pay to put him in there just to sit him as an NPR. So it certainly wasn't an ideal situation, but I've gone back to Walters. But I did have an exit plan, and it relates to Jake Avrilo, uh, the 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 cheapie that we were hoping we'd get from the Bulldogs. So with him being center wing and halfback duel uh, his bottom dollar sure he doesn't play round one unless there's a late swap but I mean with the Bulldogs dramas that's another way well, I'm assuming Ockenball's going to be gone for a bit and that's just based off the rumors of what's have gone on uh, the club standing him down I'd say that he's pushed himself down the pecking order a little uh, Avrilla wasn't next person up even though he could be um Christian Crichton's gonna nod ahead of him, but to me that just says Avrilla surely is next cab off the rank if there's another injury. So I've gone and put him there as enough. Uh, and he's my exit plan. If Billy Walters come round three, round four is on the bench playing twenty minutes off uh, you know, behind Harry Grant, then Billy Walters will be out of my team ASAP. Whether I trade him to, you know, another chief that might have propped up. Uh you know, I'm getting him out basically. And Avarillo goes up to half back. Walters means, um, you know, I can trade him to a centre wing potentially, and if not, I can still trade him to a forward. And that's why I've got Fui Marino there, so I can basically turn Walters into any single other player at centre wing, back row, or front row forward, uh, if I really need to get rid of him, so I don't have him, you know, scoring 15 points off as a bench hooker each week and potentially losing cash. So. That's my plan and my thinking. So I think that's justified why I've got the extra 76k to spend elsewhere now. So I don't know. You might think it's a dumb plan, but that's what I'm rolling with. <laughs> All right, uh, then 5.8. So no surprises you. I'm just going to say it. Anthony Milford still in there, locked in from day one. I have not budged. I have not wavered. All I've seen in the preseason has just reinforced my confidence in him. So I've locked him in, good to go and I've partnered him with George Williams, who will be in my 17 round one, and I'm going to start him with confidence against the Titans, and if I'll basically play him until he gives me a reason not to. Who have you got lightened up at five eighth? Um,
1: I have George Williams, and I did have Milford for a while too, but I've actually downgraded him, and once you get to my centres, you'll see why I've, I've I've gone a bit different from where I normally go there. But I've added Scott Drinkwater.
0: Right, and um, and I know we talked about him a little bit and yeah. in, in our last episode. So I guess you're you're taking a punt on the upside there, obviously. Uh,
1: yeah, massive punt on the upside. Like um, obviously the talent's there. He was he was rated as that um Melbourne number one um. First Cowboy thing to have a shot at their <laughs> full back spot. He is, he, like, moving to 5.8, I think, is probably better for him. He looked, and I, I get it's not NRL level, but he 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 looked really good and creative in um, the Queensland Cup when he did play 5.8 there. So, um, oh, yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, he has to average, what, 30, 39 apparently is he's break-even at the minute. I know it'll change, whatever, as the first couple of games play, but it, it's not a massive number he has to reach to make some money. And um, like I said, if he doesn't, I can just downgrade him to Luai if he's going off or just some enough and um, upgrade elsewhere. But I, I think he might – I think there's going to be games he's going to jag some points. He's, he's just got that – He's, he's, he's got some good vision and he's quick off the mark. He, he loves running the ball. So I, I can't see him not jagging some attacking stats somewhere down the
0: line. Yeah, look, I mean, you've got to take risks somewhere, given how tight cash is for round one. So I don't have to pick. I do think he's a good player. Whether or not he's going to fire up from round one, I'm not sure. I, I'd be much more confident if, you know, he's had longer in the preseason to... Prepare, uh, like if he's maybe a month in, I think he might hit a strap. So, I guess if you're going to ride out that early, early period where you might struggle a little bit, I think it might, you know, it might pay off for you. So, I don't hate to pick at all. And I think the added bonus is you've got round 12 coverage with him if you hold him that long. So, yeah, not a bad option at all. All right, let's talk about the center wings. You mentioned uh, you said that'll explain a lot of your choices. What, yeah, what are we looking like, at for you?
1: Well, I've always gone cheap as chips, the cheapest people playing, and just hope that they jag some attacking stats, and they generally do because that's what centers and wingers do. It's volatile. They eventually get something, and then you can get rid of them as soon as possible. But I'm, I'm just not keen at all on, like, some of these cheapies. Like, that it, it just makes me a little bit sick, and I think it's because we've had a few years to look at them. And it's not like it's just a new fella making his way into a side. It's sort of like blokes who've played bad to be like averaging this low and be that cheap. So for the first time, I've gone a little bit more expensive in my centres. So I've got Blake Ferguson, who, who I could downgrade to <clears throat> Wonga Blake, and I'm not sure that I'm still tossing that one up. I've got Joey Lua I've got um, Bailey Simonson. Um I've got Shibasaki, I've got Willie Armey, and then I've gone two MPRs in there in La lazy, what's his name, at the Titans?
0: Greg. Greg, Greg L.
1: <laughs> Greg L at the Titans. And then I've got um, Con at the Cowboys, who – I feel should have the next shot at the Cowboys, but we'll see. I might even, after listening to you, flick over to the um, young Bulldogs fella and that might give me an out like you were explaining before. But those two things, I know I've got three with Koala NPRs and that makes me a little bit anxious, but I've played with two before, so I'm not too worried if I leave it at two. I might have a downgrade and upgrade one bloke to a player, but we'll we'll see. I think, um, think they'll be these young guys should get a go so we'll see what happens anyway
0: yeah all right so i haven't quite spent up as large as you have um but my center wing is not super ugly i guess my expensive most expensive guy is joey lay as well so i also have the two lay and i'm excited to watch the tigers round one it's going to be good good fun to watch the two brothers playing together then i've got Wonga Black. Uh, so instead of Fogo, i've got blake so um, you better not downgrade Fergo because then our center wings will look really similar. <laughs> uh, but look, obviously not ideal. He hasn't had a full preseason, but you know it, it, he's come back. He's made it through a pro's training. He's made it through the captain's run. So all signs uh, point to him being fit to go. Is he might a good, be a little bit, I- yeah, he might be a little bit do- underdone at the start. But you know they say center's not the you know, probably the one of the easiest fitness-wise uh, positions to play on the field. So. I think he'll be right. Uh, and then I've got Simonson as well, um, counting on the fact that you know, he and Croker and Whiten were playing on that same left edge later in the season. Uh, he did pretty well beside Croker, averaged 49 from memory. Uh, I might have to double-check those figures, but when I looked at it, the 80-minute games he played on the left wing was averaging 49, So, and that's not without that many tries. It's not like he scored every second week or whatever. So I think he'll go right there. I've leaned him over Kotrick for that reason, uh, rather than, I guess, Kotrick playing off uh, you know, George Williams' new, new combination, plus there's now a, a new back, back rower. If they go of Horsbrough, it'll be a guy who's not used to playing back rows, so he's not going to be you know creating space for his outside men and uh, running great lines. He's just going to be catching the ball and tracking it up like a middle, like he is, basically. So I don't know how much ball he's going to see, as in Kotrick, we'll see with Horsborough playing there. Uh, might be a bit better if Tarpany gets, gets to nod, but yeah, that's why I've definitely leaned towards the Simmons side of things. And my fourth centre wing still is Zach Lomax. So I know he wasn't, been, he wasn't great in charity shield, but the trial before that, he showed his potential to score well, kick well, and at his price. I don't think he has to do too much to go up in value. Then on my bench, I've got Callum Watkins from the Titans. I feel like he is right now the first choice center there, Uh, given Brian Kelly's been shockingly demoted to the bench. And I know they've got Tyron Peachy there, but I do think that's just because of the A.J. Brimson injury, which shuffled Sammy to fullback. So I reckon once A.J. Brimson's back in, Sammy goes back to the back line. Uh, Whether that's at the expense of Don or Copley, I don't know. Um, but if it's at Copley's expense, it may see Copley push into centre, uh, which will put push Tyron Peachy back to either the bench or there were rumours that he was going to start on the edge ahead of Bryce Cartwright, so don't know. It's a mess there, um, so I'm probably staying away from most of it, but the good part is we saw Callum Watkins basically untouched in all of that. He looked pretty decent on the right edge, um, and if Ash Taylor's playing better, um, he's usually sitting on the right side, so that could be good for Watkins. So happy to throw him in at the price. Uh, I'm going to bench him for round one because I don't think he'll go too well against the uh, the, the Raiders. But you know, if we can ride out those early tough games he's got, um, the draw really opens up and he's got round 12 coverage. So I'm pretty comfortable with him there. Um, just like you've also got Williami uh, sitting as my sixth center wing. And then, as I mentioned before, I've got Jake Avarillo as my NPR. I've only gone with one uh i was tempted to go with the koala tongue as well but i've stuck firm gone with the single uh npr and like i said the main reason was i I wanted the billy walters back up i feel like my plan you know can it's viable i know some people laughed at me last year when i had the jake friend nat roach kind of backup strategy but you know i took the benefit of jake friends 95 in round one and then I was able to use Nat, Nat Roach to ditch friend when he got hurt, and, yeah, people weren't laughing at me then. <laughs> uh, but, look, let's finish up. Fullback. Um, just like the, my 5'8 and hook, hooker positions, I have not touched this position all preseason. Ponger and Pappenhausen locked in. I'm happy in sticking with that. Yeah I've, got,
1: yeah, I've got the same two at the minute. I can't afford anyone higher. Um Although I'm, I'm big on I'm big on Turbo this year I think he's um I think he's gonna brain it but um we had this discussion a bit earlier and um I think that early run for Manly is, is pretty tough so I I can't see Turbo moving too far north he may stay around the same if anything so I'm looking at taking um, Ponga against these. Teams he's got the weak packs early and then probably swapping over to turbo once Manly's draw raises up a bit.
0: Yeah, look, I think you know we talked about how fullback might be the area where you're really going to potentially win, Super Coach, if you play your cards right there. Whether it's who you pick to start with, and also I think when you pick the jump off and maybe swap to another option, there's so many premium options there. I don't hate the idea of jumping and chopping and changing and. I know I I suggested earlier that, you know, you look at that night's opening four rounds, you know, the Warriors, the Tigers, Sharks, and then the Cowboys. And then you match that up against the Seagulls, who have to face, with a weakened pack, the Storm, the Roosters, Warriors, which is a little bit scary, given what Turbo did to them last year. (laughs) And then the Raiders in round four. So uh, there is a real possibility, but that, you know, after four rounds, Ponga might be averaging 75 Trevojevic might be averaging 75 or maybe even 70, which is not shabby at all. And based on his price, it's not going to do too much to his value. But, you know, you've paid 80 grand less to start with Ponga. And a real option might be to then swap round five, trade him Ponga, a slight upgrade to Turbo. You might only have to pay 50 grand. And then, you know, you can enjoy Turbo against the Knights, the Titans, the Sharks, and then the Broncos while Ponga goes into a tougher run of against the Seagulls, the Raiders, the Panthers, and the Rabbitohs. So I think there's a lot of ways you can play this, uh, and not just focusing on those two, because then you've got the likes of Teddy, round four, uh, he has a nice run which goes Titans, Sharks, Warriors, uh, Dragons, and then the Cowboys. So, you know, I, I do think there's, a, there's an opportunity here to, to chop, chop and change between those premium options and you might find yourself ahead if you take the right decisions there. So um, whilst some people are of the opinion just lock and load for the season, uh, I think it's a viable option to, to play around with that, chasing the points a little, so to speak, based on the, the upcoming draws.
1: Yeah, I'd, uh, I agree to a certain extent, but then you'd really need to be strict on your trades elsewhere if, like, if if you'd locked in, you'd have to pick some guys that are no brain trade outs. Even if they had, if they had a bad game, you'd just ride through the rave. Because it's, it's, I don't know, it's tough. Then they've got all three of them are going to have Origin apart from Pappenhausen, and so that might be another trade if you want to get some points from fullback. Yeah.
0: yeah the, look, this is, I'm not it's suggesting it's a simple answer, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but look, that's kind of why for me, you know, I've just gone, well, I've locked in Cook and Cleary to start with, and these guys I'm not going to muck around with. I'll just hold. Uh, not Maybe not the season. Like I, I might consider trading Cook out over Origin, but Cleary, I've got a fairly confident gut feel like I'm going to be able to hold him for the season, barring injury, uh, you know, if Milford plays like I expect him to, and he does take that step, then I could be holding him for the season. So there are some options here where I'm looking at my team thinking, I'm not just banking on this guy as being undervalued and hoping to make some cash off him and then offloading him. I'm banking on him being an underpriced keeper that will be in my team for the for the year. And, you know, if if my calls are right, then I might be able to chop and change my fullbacks like that because I'm going to have that luxury trade Available to me, but you know, <laughs> we don't have a crystal ball. And a month in, we might be going, Well, look, let's blow it all up. <laughs> and that strategy is <laughs> not an option here. Um, you know, two of them might have gone down with injury for a month or whatever. Like, let's not, yeah, let's not look too far into the future. But just thinking of ways that you might, it's worth thinking about looking at your starting team, thinking about, Well, what are my some, some of my contingency plans here? If I do have players that flop, uh, who, who might I downgrade to? Who do I want to watch in the meantime? Let's say Cook is flopping. I'm going to be watching Hodgson closely. I'm going to be keeping an eye on Cam Smith, obviously, and I'll be looking to see when McInnes is back and playing 80 minutes again. So, you know, those are things I'm going to be looking out for over the opening month uh, while we're looking at these players. So, yeah. All right. So we've looked at our teams. I don't know. Are you happy with yours? Relatively happy.
1: Like, obviously, not having Cook scary. But I've I just can't logically think why I'd spend two hundred thousand more when when too much has changed at South too, especially in that forward pack. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. It I could have egg on my face on that one, obviously. Um, you got to back your gut though. You
0: got to back
1: yeah, your gut on that one. I, do, so, I don't mind. I, I don't mind my forwards. It's pretty strong there. Obviously the risk at um, five-eighths with drink water. And the, the other one would be the wings and centres. Like, obviously, I've got four guys who, well, not over expensive. It, it's a lot more than what I normally pay. And that could be an upgrade to get Turbo in early. And he he's currently sitting as a pod. Like, Teddy and Turbo, the two best fullbacks in the game, pods at the minute. So...
0: Well, I guess relative to what you'd expect their ownership to be, because well, I think Teddy's twenty-three percent, so he's still pretty highly owned. Yeah, I know, but like every, relative to
1: every other year when everyone, every team rolled out was Teddy Turbo at the back. It's the first two players picked.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I look at my team and I'm going, you know, I'm pretty happy f- about eighty percent. And Then I look at my background row and I just feel sick. But you know, that's where I've sacrificed. I've I've gone. I've taken the punt on and on the mid ranges in that area, and you know I'm relatively happy everywhere else. So um, there's there's room to move. Um, my only other weakness I think is the front row forward. Uh, I don't have coverage if Payne Haas goes down injured, but I think I'll f- I think a lot of people are going to ha- be in the same position. So let's say Haas is out for a week, you know I'm going to have Liam and Knight and then I'll have two of these bench props to to play. And I think well, obviously you're in the same boat because we have the same front row. Um, so that's the only other weakness I can see in this team, but you know, you'll have to, (laughs) you have to figure out what to do by then.
1: Yeah. That looks like a trade out for sure. Like, although you could easily move Knight down to your second row and carry your
0: Yeah. But that's like, that doesn't cover Haas though. You know what I mean? If Haas Uh, is the one who's out for a week. He's not getting injured. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> talking about suspension though. What if he's off for a week? Suspension or whatever. That's that's the issue I'm I'm a little bit worried about. But you know, that's a problem for future me. So we'll um, enjoy the the points while while he's there. All right. Um, look, hopefully you guys um, enjoyed that, got something out of it. Maybe we've given some food for thought to you guys to think and and to continue playing around with for the rest of um you know rest of the preseason. Uh, it's almost finished and we're almost kicking off. Uh, don't forget, you do get unlimited trades across round one. So you still can tinker with your team. Uh, you just remember you can't do like reverse changes. You can't clear your team and start again, whatever. Uh, be careful of dual position players who might have played if you wanted to trade from one player to another. Uh, just things to keep in mind there. Um, as always, remember to set your team. So put guys who are playing on the field Uh, so you know even if you've got so say you know you want to make sure you've got the guys playing first uh, let's say if you've got Cleary and and Moses at halfback you've gone that dual gun halfback position put Moses as your primary halfback even though Cleary's more expensive I know some people like to you know they're they're a little bit uh, OCD like that and they'll play the more expensive guy as their starter Uh, put Moses in because he's a you know, he's playing in the first game of the round, whereas Cleary's later, so that if Cleary's a late out, you can swap the reserve off him to someone else. Um, yeah, just remember those kind of little tricks as you set up your team for the week. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm sure I'm going to keep playing around with my team. Um, like I said, I'm not entirely stoked with Tapani there, so I'll be continuing to look at options to see what I do there. But for the most part, I'm pretty happy with it overall, aside from my back row. <laughs> Alright, thanks again. Good luck with the final tinkerings for your teams and for the start of uh, round one, starting tomorrow at night. And um, thanks again to all of our champs. We will be working with you in the Discord as we help you finalize your teams. And yeah, looking forward to a a really exciting 2020 for Supercoach. Yeah, good luck on the season.
1: Go the storm.
0: Up the mighty Broncos. (laughs) Have a good one, guys.